Welcome to the Armchair Trader podcast. And this month we have on with us Peter Watson of Watson's Daily TV. And also with me here is Michael Morton, uh, my colleague in arms who helps me with the day-to-day running of the website. What, what was the gap there for, Stuart? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it'll be edited out. <laughs> <laughs> That's an intro. <laughs> <laughs> he helps me Graham. with. Uh... Graham sitting there with his head in his hands. <laughs> One thing I, I actually, I know it sounds minor, but I think is a real major thing is this whole, like, you know, in today's uh, Watson's Daily, is about Impossible Foods oh, signing yeah. a deal with Burger King. I mean, that's massive for, yeah. you know, the vegan. The vegan thing, um, you know, you've got, you know, you've got various other uh, manufacturers. So you've got Impossible Foods, you've got Beyond Meats, you've got Memphis Meats. All these things, they're all really kind of ramping up. And and Beyond Meat is going to IPO uh, mm-hmm. in the next few months as well. And uh, you know, you bring in the old uh, Greg's vegan sausage roll and stuff into that chat as well. Maybe the takeaway nugget because we we talked about quite literally takeaway, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love we're losing nugget. all this good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you recording by design? <laughs> <laughs> it's in there. Beautiful. You're listening to the Armchair Trader podcast for active investors and traders in financial markets worldwide. Peter, I know you've been talking about vegan food for quite some time on your. <laughs> in, your, uh, in your column, because you're mentioning vegan burgers even two or three right. months ago. That's right. Do you think, and it's something I've noticed myself a lot in, because I live in Brighton and Brighton's quite oh, yeah. heavily into yeah. vegetarian food. Do you think that this is a real sort of um, undercurrent in the UK retail market in terms of people's consuming habits? Oh, I think or do so. you think it's just being hyped? No, I think it's huge. Um, I mean, I am, as, as you can see, although people on the podcast can't see, I'm an avid meat eater. Um, but um, but I, I, I would say that um, I, I was converted. I mean, I, you know, no one's, no one's paying me from any of these companies to say this. Um, I actually went to um, a, a local place around here um, uh, to, try, to try this vegan burger, and I was absolutely astounded in terms of how meat like it was you know i thought if i'd have gone somewhere to, to some kind of pop-up stall and gone to have a burger walked away and eaten it um i really would not have known that that was not meat and you know i, I should throw in there at this yeah. point obviously it was all videoed as well so that's right uh, it was videoed yeah right. you can see it you can see my facial expression as i as i bite in and, and wonder at the the fact that it's even pink on the inside um slightly slightly of course wow. yeah but um, no, it's absolutely amazing. I think I do not think it's a hype. Uh, you know, I do not think it's hype. I mean, the fact that actually you've got farmers up in arms, um, you know, saying that oh, you, you know, you can't. They, you know, they're talking about um, not. You can't call things cheese if it's not if it's not this certain way. And you can't call a burger a burger if it's not made from this. You know, all that kind of stuff. I think it shows that actually the you know farmers, meat industry they're all getting very scared about it and actually I forgot the name but it's a huge company um, in in the States um, they they actually have got big I was gonna say big stakes uh, <laughs> you know in, in some of these um, yeah. in, in some of these uh, companies that have uh, meat substitutes because they can they can see that is going to be something that's quite that's quite popular 
And do you think do you think from the company in terms of investing in companies in this space, is it from an investor's point of view, is it just a case of it's going to help their bottom line, or do you think it's going to be a case of new challenges emerging in the in the UK high street? Because at the end of the day, we guys like Greg's are going to have their their vegetarian sausage rolls on yeah. offer. But you know, yeah. if I'm an investor in Greg's, that's great for me. It just shows that Greg's is reacting to the market. Yeah. But do you think that there might be, from an investor's point of view, new companies that are coming up that will be able to capture this oh absolutely um so um i think that beyond meat um is the one that's going to that said that's already applied um to do an ipo mm. um so i i would imagine that's going to come up in the next few months i mean there's there's already there's already a u.s ipo bonanza going on at the moment um and that's that's expected to continue and i really would have thought that a lot of these um, meat substitute companies are going to become more and more popular because everyone wants to get everyone wants a piece of the action. They see it as something that's good for the environment um, and it's good for your health. I mean, that's got to be that's that's yeah. that's got to be uh, popular, hasn't it? And then you, lots of people will want to put their names to something like that. I mean, Bill Gates, I think, was one of the big big investors in. Um, um, I, th I think it was Impossible Foods, I believe. But mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of big investors in there. So I think that yeah, it, it's not just hype. I think it's real, and I think that IPOs are going to be these IPOs are going to be popular, and then after that, I think you know I, I won't say sky's the limit. Not is maybe putting too much on it, but I do think it's a it's a new thing. People are open to it, and the fact that it tastes like meat, and they put it in the supermarkets next to meat. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it's oh I could have that on the one hand I could have meat on the on the one hand or I could have the healthier uh, you know protein source that doesn't have as much fat and all this kind of thing I'll get that you know for one meal and if everyone does that I mean the sales are going to be absolutely massive mm. I, think. I think the key thing at the moment the um, uh, the, the, the burgers have seen them in the supermarkets and things they're they're, they're premium price aren't mm. they but uh, what the vegetarian burgers yeah the, the vegan uh, oh, burgers these, yeah, right, yeah. Right. yeah but uh, I mean as, as more and more people start to adopt uh, and uh, this this lifestyle um, and and you know even casual vegans. Mm. There is a word for it. I can't think what it is. Off. Yeah. Then. A casual um, vegan. A casual vegan. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe I just made it up. Yeah. Be curious. Yeah. Be curious. Yeah, I like that. Yes, it's good. Um, so uh, as as more and more people adopt, and, yeah. and it becomes cheaper to manufacture, cheaper to produce, cheaper to uh, distribute, then uh, it will become more and more mainstream. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's got to be a, a beneficial thing yeah. for uh, for. For, for the manufacturers, for the suppliers. Yeah, I mean, I think that the ones who are more exposed to um, uh, plant-based protein are the ones that are going to win. I mean, I think it's Memphis Meats that actually grows the meat. So it takes a few cells and then it grows the meat. I think people are going to find that's just too much of a step. Um, and yeah, it's too. That's too much. You know, the GMO thing and crops and things. I, I think that they all find that uh, a step too far. And especially if there is a plant-based alternative, that is good. So um, it sounds more natural, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, it does. Peter, you've been keeping a close eye on the 
on the UK high street. Mm. Um, that's something we've been writing about on the Armchair tra Trader website quite a bit as well. There seem to be lots of different conflicting opinions on what's happening in the, in the UK high street because on the one side there's a lot of negative chatter going on about how it's doomed and because how bricks and mortar chains have to compete against digital offerings. But on the other hand, you've got guys snapping up a lot of these um, big brands at a discount price and mm. presumably with, with some scheme to turn them around. Mm. You, you've done quite a lot of work on this already. What, mm. What's your, as we sit here today, what's your take on the, the UK high well, is it doomed? Well the, way, well, the way things are going, I would say that we might have to um, uh, uh, sort of retire the term the high street uh, and call it Ashley Avenue, uh, <laughs> because I think that uh, he pretty much is buying it. Any, anything that seems to be going down the pan, uh, including things like L.K. Bennett, mm. um, and was it Pat, even Patisserie Valerie, wasn't it? He, he, was in, he was in that as well, yeah. or he tried to. Um, he's just buying everything he can, which is interesting um, because I think that obviously there is value, there is still value to be had in a lot of these brands. Um, but I just think that they're gonna, they just have to change. That that's all. I don't think, I think the high street is changing. I think it's not a disaster, and I don't think it's gonna die per se. I think it has to change in order not to die. But um, there are many ways that it can change. I just think that um, a lot of the shops uh, uh, may have to be repurposed, for instance. Do you think it's just, I mean, if you imagine that UK High Street is a monopoly board, has he basically just been going around buying one of each colour? Yeah. And, and then waiting for when whoever it is has the other other this, two properties to run out of money and then he just picks up a lot at a This is it, isn't it? Is, is, is Mike actually looking at brands or is he, is he buying real estate? I think I would have thought it's a bit of both. Because actually, um, maybe cynically looking at it, you could say that he's buying the brands but if but he's um, hedging his bets by the fact, well, okay, if the brands don't work out, I can just sell the, I can sell the real estate. Although you could then say, well, you know, who's going to buy the real estate? Um, but if I, I would say that for him, it's quite low risk. As long as he can pay for it in the first place, I would have thought it's low risk because he's just buying these things at bargain basement prices, yeah. isn't it? Really? Well, I mean, the, the prices for you know for Debenhams, yeah. for example, it, it looks incredible. I mean, you, you'd imagine that the uh, the value of the, uh, uh, the, the the buildings and the real estate mm. probably surpasses uh, or, or, or is close to um, the, the the price that he's looking at paying for it at yeah. the moment, which is incredible. But I think that you know, department stores generally are just a complete disaster anyway. I mean that the whole thing of, is you're supposed to have this wonderful um, retail experience by going to a, to a department store. But I, I really feel that it's not that special. You know, maybe it's quite nice surroundings, but you're not really getting anything extra. It's not like so. I mean, I'm you know, I used to live in Japan, and you know, you go to a Japanese department store, and it's it's kind of like a theatre almost you go in you know you go to say a food the food part of it and you'll be getting free samples and tasting all sorts of stuff 
and it, and it's fantastic. I mean, I mean, I have to confess, you know, when I was a student, I used to go there for free lunches. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, unofficial free lunches, obviously. Um, you know, you pretend I was a, an interested foreigner uh, trying different things, and it was great. But um, you know, and then uh, you know, even things like if you were buy buying something, they would say, "Would you like it gift wrapped?" and you would say yes, even if it wasn't, because the way they wrapped these things, you wouldn't believe. It's an experience. It's absolutely it? amazing. Yeah. You're actually getting something, you know, for your for going into a department store. But even then, in Japan, they're all suffering as well. So I just think, as an actual model itself, in terms of a shop, I just feel that you know department stores have had their day, and they need to change, in or, or they need to adapt in order to survive. In, in the, you know the way that the modern consumer is is consuming, I think it's it's uh, interesting. I don't know uh, how you guys feel about it, but um, you know we, we we have the odd family trip to uh, IKEA, yeah. Um, which I mean they seem to have got it right. They, yeah. they seem to be able to attract people from miles around. Um, and obviously when you've got the meatballs and the uh, hot dogs, there you um, go. Uh, the horse the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, that was a few years ago. Now that's a bit old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All other brands are available. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's you know is that the model? Yeah, but you see, even IKEA or IKEA, uh, depending on how you want to say it, is um, I think they are doing some really interesting stuff at the moment now. I mean, they they are looking to change that whole big box uh, out of town retailer model. Um, where, you, where you go in and you try and find your way out. <laughs> you go in one end and you try and find your way out Follow at the, the other. <laughs> the other. Um, and, uh, you know, they're changing that now and they're looking and they've said, you know, that, that over the next few years they are going to, you know, the profits are going to take a hit um, because they're going to be investing in lots of different uh, new formats, um, so uh, town centre formats, um, lots of diff maybe um, specialist bits. Okay, they're also starting to uh, sell their stuff on Amazon, which they, yeah. they never did before. Yeah. So they're trying so many different things. Um, I mean, I just think they've, they've obviously got, you know, they've got a bit of cash, um, yeah. I think it'd be fair to say. Uh, and I think that the fact that they, they are really trying to do something now, while things are going very well for them, I think is, is, is excellent. And, and I think that, you know, by trying lots of these different things, while things are going well, I think that they will be able to end up with really um, a, a robust model. You know, rather than just trying one thing in desperation because everything's going, going you know, down the pan, they are going to be saying, well, actually, we've tried this, we've tried this, we've tried this, and actually we find that elements of each of those work, and therefore we're going to put them together, and then we are going to roll out this model. And I think that, you know, so at the moment they're, they're kind of in the active testing phase, it seems to me. So yeah. I think that, um, it, it's, I think what they are going to be doing is, re is, is very interesting. Yeah. It sounds a little bit like um, uh, what Amazon are doing mm. with uh, obviously moving from online to, mm. uh, to, to, to real stores yeah. um, and uh, testing the marketplace. Mm. They are with those various things. I mean, in a way, actually, they're going the other way, aren't they? I mean, they obviously they started as an online retailer, and then they're they, they're shifting towards physical stores. Yeah. But clearly, they I mean, even the fact that they're doing that would suggest that there is still an intrinsic value in having a physical store. It's just that it's 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 what format does that take? 
you know so you, either you've got your Amazon Go where you go in and pretend you're shoplifting um, and, I mean that must be quite exciting wasn't it I mean you should just go in and think well I can't I can't possibly do that oh but I can because uh, I'm not actually breaking the law but it feels like I am you know so um, so yeah you can do a bit of sort of pseudo shoplifting um, but um, I think that yeah I mean you know they're, obviously they're trying they're trying lots of different things I mean there's um, I think uh, there's a there's a uh, there's a I think they call it a four star store um, where everything they sell in the store has got to have a rating of at least four stars. Oh, from the website? Yeah. Um, Which is interesting because, yeah. again, that, that changes it. But, is it quite you know, eclectic, eclectic, the mix? I would have thought so. Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought so, yeah. Little I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, but, but, then, but then the other interesting thing about them is they're changing it according. So it's not, you know, it's, it's, I think they, they're trying to do it in terms of the actual area they're in. And, the, and how people in that area are rating. So it is, it's not, you know, so one store does not sell the same as another one. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, things like that, like I say, it's a physical store, yeah. so it's, it's relevant, it's just that they've used their online retail knowledge and data, um, which is obviously another big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, to, in order to provide something that they feel um, has has a value to the customer. Yeah, I, I guess if you're you're uh, um, looking at climate or something like that, you know, in in the US you've got uh, pretty disparate um, climates uh, across the country. Hmm. Um, you know, that changes purchase behaviour, doesn't it? Uh, That's right. Clothing, food. Let less ice cream in Alaska. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe more. There's curry. a joke. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, and uh, and more curry. Uh, anyway, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I think yes. The fact is, I do think yes. You there will still be physical stores, but they'll either have to be existing ones, will either have to be repurposed, um, or they will just pop. You know, be replaced by new ones. Yeah. They've got to change with the times, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Peter, do you want to tell us a little bit more about your um, about Watson's Daily TV? What it what it yep. does and. Uh, well, um, thank you very much, Stuart. Um, I shall, yeah, so, okay, so uh, what I do on a daily basis um, is I write a, uh, a newsletter, business news stroke um, financial markets newsletter, and um, I make a, a, a very short video uh, based, mainly based on, on uh, one or two of the stories in Watson's Daily, but sometimes I will adapt the content because something might have come up um, since I published the, 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 news, the newsletter. So Watson's Daily is a roundup of what's going on in uh, what's being published in the main UK newspaper. Yes, it's a summary of the summary. Mm. So what time do you have to get up in the morning to uh, start that then, Peter? Um, a, 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 um, well, 4am. Uh, which is which is not natural. Uh, I do not find that natural, uh, and certainly it means that by uh, by the time Friday comes around, um, my ideal Friday night is is bed by nine. Um, uh, so yeah, things have changed a, a bit, uh, probably in the last few years. Um, but uh, but I think I'm sure it makes me a better person. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. it does. What what sort of time of day does Watson's day, day yeah. come out? 
if someone so, wants to, if someone yeah, wants to get okay, it. Yeah. So, okay. Um, so, what's uh, so what's daily the newsletter comes out around eight thirty, um, and then probably the video. It, it depends what I've got on the day, but maybe about an hour or so later. Um, you know, maybe maybe a bit later, but certainly by lunchtime. So yeah. So you're there reading the newspapers in the dark so that no one else... That's right. I am alone in the dark, um, trying not to wake everyone in the house. Um, mainly the thing is I've, I've got to make sure I don't wake the dog up. Um, that's the priority. Because if the dog um, wakes up, then then uh, the dog wakes my wife up and then and then the chil children get up and, and it's all sort of pandemonium at you know 4.30, 4 which isn't great. <laughs> so, uh, so I've got to tiptoe around. So, so you're, do, you're doing a public service, basically, aren't you, um, by, by going through all the papers? That's right. Uh, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that um, there's so much out there and it's difficult to know where to start. And I choose the stories in quite a logical manner. Um, I, so I read, uh, so the FT, the Times, the Telegraph, the Guardian, the Wall Street Journal. I look at what are the main stories that they're all talking about. Um, and I really pick things out that are either have an impact, a big impact on the industry um, or on the, the company itself or maybe a geography or, you know, just actually stories that are about companies that everyone knows about. Um, and, and, you know, it's important, it's important to know something. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's not just a case of, uh, you know, having a dartboard um, with the stories and just, just uh, throwing the darts. It's actually... I really look at what's, what are the main stories? What is everyone talking about? And ideally, you know, the different the different points of view that are in there. But I also I put my points of view across as well. So I make it clear. So this is what the Times says. This is what the Guardian says. But I say this, mm -hmm. um, and I try to do it in a in an accessible way. You mentioned that you like focus on these uh, more well known names. I mean, this is something that we've noticed. And the armchair trader as well is that traders and investors seem to lean towards uh, the companies that they already know or the mm. brands that they already know yes and that frequently the action in some of the less well-known companies tends to be more institutional so it tends to be yes. more the the fund managers and the pros because you do have some big companies out there which are they're not what I would call high street names, yeah. but they are big businesses. Yes, uh, we've done that piece recently on the site about um, uh, a business active. I think it's Wood Group that's active in the North Sea oil, yes. gas, and energy services sector, which is very big, yes. very important. Yes, a lot of strategic value. Not a lot of retail interest in its shares because you don't see Wood Group on the, on the UK high street. Yeah, is that something that you think still a investors should be looking at more than just the names they know and should be looking shopping around more and looking at I always think that you, you want to know you want to know the big stuff um, as, a, as a base because I think it's important because that is what drives the rest of the market I think that the you know the, the big companies drive the market and the the smaller companies tend tend to follow so I think as as a starter you need to know what's going on at the big companies. Once you get comfortable with that, I think that then it is um, worth, you can then 
taking the oil uh, companies and drilling down. Drilling uh, down. Uh, the oil so, sorry about that. So I try to get yes, uh, drilling down into uh, you know lower down, and then you can you can really find some some value. I think. I mean, you know, the classic thing, for instance, is like. You know, in days of yore, when um, when people used to get really excited about um, Apple bringing out the next phone, for instance, um, you know, one of the things that people often used to do was to get an iPhone. So a, a bank, usually a bank, because it's quite expensive, obviously, get buy a new iPhone and take the thing apart, um, and then look at every single component. Who makes this? Who makes what? Sent this sensor, that sensor, all those kinds of things, and that's how you then find the money because everyone knows. Apple's going to come out with a new phone, so you're like, oh, every, you know, the first people go, oh, yeah, oh, okay, let's buy into Apple. But then you then have maybe the more the people that are a bit more au fait looking looking at say Samsung's sensors or Sony's sensors or whatever it is, um, or the or the lenses or something like that in the camera, um, and then you're going down and down and down because you know that the that the big you know Apple is going to drag everything up with it. Mm. It's just a question of how quickly. So I think that yes, it is. In, it's important to know the big stuff, and then once you do that, once you've got that, okay, then I think you can then um, look at look at the smaller and related stuff. Right, cool. And I, th- <laughs> and I think that um, uh, you get that across really well uh, uh, every morning. Oh, uh, thank with, you. With yeah. your updates, um, and uh, but obviously you don't do it for free. You need to be supported. That's uh, right. In this, so uh, that's right. Uh, what's uh, uh, what, what what the listeners need to uh, to to do to get this uh, these nuggets well, of information? Everywhere? Well, Michael, I, I'm glad you ask. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> yes, because uh, obviously this is key uh, to to my to my ongoing survival. Very uh, and obviously there are you know I do need to be able to buy batteries um, for the alarm clock, of course. <laughs> um, so so uh, in order to do that to finance all of this. Um, I uh, I've charged the princely sum of two pounds ninety nine a month. Two pounds ninety nine. Yes. Is that all? Yes. Yeah. I think that's actually less than a bag of sprouts. It's probably uh, less than a copy of the FT. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Yes. Well, that's even more relevant. <laughs> and what what would you of all the newspapers that you read on a daily basis? What's your favourite? FT. It is. Absolutely. No question about it. I think it's the best newspaper in the world. Again, no one's paid me to say that. Um, I just think, I mean, I've, I, th- there's a reason why I choose all of the newspapers I've chosen. And I have, um, I have discarded newspapers um, as well that I used to use at the beginning as well, um, just because I don't think they're good enough. Um, so I think that the ones I, you know, so that I think FT, absolutely brilliant because it's very tightly written. Um, I think it's generally you know, tries to give a relatively neutral view of, of, of things. Um, so I think that's very fair on that point. I think the, the Times and the Tory graph are kind of, you know, similar. Um, they're good um, and sometimes actually cross-reference them um, to see what, 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 the di- what the differences are because they tend to be quite similar. Guardian for a bit of, um, you know, for, 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 a, for a bit of a different point of view. Um, and Wall Street Journal um, is great. But I think that they def- it definitely has biases. Yes, um, yes I think I definitely. I mean, if, for instance, if you wanted to find um, a negative, you know, something that um, a negative um, about, you know, if Elon Musk was feeling a bit, bit too full of himself one day, all he needs to do is to pick up the Wall Street Journal 
and and that'll bring him down a peg or two um but that was that's a historical thing i think so yeah but uh, but i think their articles are very good but they are quite long i should add for our over uh, our non-uk listeners when peter says tory graph he's referring to the daily telegraph <laughs> Yes. And it's uh, sympathy to the Conservative Party here <laughs> yeah. in the UK. Yeah. Don't go looking for the Tory party. <laughs> no, that's all right. Yeah, so fair enough. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yes, 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 yes. So where, where, where can we sign up? So you can go on to the, on, onto the Armchair Trader. Uh, you know, you will see a, a subscribe um, button there. Um, so you can, you can go through that way. There are other ways, but... Uh, well, we could, let's, let's name them. Well, well, no, so you could go directly <laughs> to me. Um, so on um, watsonsdaily.com. But yeah, I, either way either way is good. Michael mentioned previously that you have been doing like a tour of the UK or going to universities. Is that Yeah, that's correct, that you've yes. You've been doing? Yes. Um, so what I've been doing at these uh, universities is talking about... Um, well, the buzz, the buzz phrase at the moment is, is commercial awareness. So um, the, the thing there is that um, um, there is a feeling amongst a lot of companies that when graduates um, interview with them and or join them, um, they feel that there is um, a lack of commercial awareness um, and that they don't really realise where where their company fits in with the whole scheme of things and how things are done and and I think that um, it is very relevant because also I've, I've been a headhunter myself and I've been um, I've been so frustrated when I've met with uh, someone who looks fantastic on paper AA stars all over the place first good universities um, and then you ask them a really quite basic question um, and they they don't they don't know what, what's going on and it, it I find it very frustrating very disappointing and actually that frustration that's why I started doing Watson's Daily because I thought God I've got to I've got to do something about this because um, and I can use my I can use my experience um, to be able to help people so that's that's how I started the thing in the first place but anyway yeah the the thing that I've been doing recently is talk to a lot of universities and showing people how to try to um, increase their their commercial awareness and, and up their, their knowledge because it's very very difficult um, in the sense it's very difficult to know where to start especially if you're a you know young person university all you've been thinking about is is getting the grades and and graduating and then you think oh where I don't know what's going on in the in the economy um, and but where do I start so and you will get asked about that. I mean, Absolutely. I, I remember you know, my, my first interviews for a job in financial media, um, I was specifically asked about uh, the Japanese economy, which was topical at the time. That yes. Was quite some time ago now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but it was in the early 90s, yeah. and the wheels had just come off the Japanese economy. Yeah. And I went, I mean, admittedly, it was a, for a job as a journalist, but I was, I was asked quite a few questions about what was going on in the Asia economics and geopolitical scene? I think it's so important um, to know these things, especially 
it's good. This is going to sound cheesy, um, so you might want some wine with this. Um, <laughs> but I do think that uh, I do think that in this age of I can't believe I'm so I'm rolling my own eyes. I say I think you know the globalisation. You know today's globalisation. Everyone, we're all part of the global village. Uh, but um, it is. It, it, but it is though. You can't. You know you can't exist in isolation. And I think that. Now, more than ever, I think that people, it really helps people not only um, for their own general knowledge to be able to be uh, cognizant of what's going on around them, but also for their own career development. I mean, things are changing so, <clears throat> sorry, so quickly um, at the moment in so many industries that if you just carry on, you know, you go in, you clock it, well, no, you don't clock in, do you? but you know, so if you have nine to five or whatever, um, and you just keep your head down, the chances are your industry could be finished. I mean, look at these mm. people at, you know, Honda in Swindon. I mean, you, you know, I, I, actually, I've been there. I've been there to Honda in Swindon, I, I, you know, my, in my previous life as a, as a stockbroker and took a load of, load of investors and things down there. And, you know, it was amazing. It was a huge, huge place, and you can tell. Um, it, it has a huge impact on, on, on the surrounding area. And yet, you know, a lot of these people have gone into work, they're doing, doing everything right, and then they get the rug pulled from under them through absolutely no fault of their own. Um, but like I say, if you, if, you, if you put your head in the sand and you don't realise that, you know, cars, people, ownership of cars is changing, the types of cars are changing, you know, if you, if you ignore that, there is a risk that you're going to be left high and dry. And so I do think you really do, it is very important to uh, be, you know, to know about what's going on around you. I hear what you said about globalisation. Yes. Um, but do you, do you think this is a, a recent phenomenon um, that, 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 you know, people are less aware of, uh, of what's going on? Or, or has it always been there, but it's just become more prevalent um, in... in, in you know, now we've got access to so much information. I think it's a bit of both. So I think that um, globalisation obviously has been around, um, but I think there's been so much M&A going on over the years. Um, industries have changed. And to, to the extent now, I, mean, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, that, you know, the expression people used to say, this is the Rolls Royce of, I don't know, Bakewell tarts or something, whatever. Yeah. 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 This is the Rolls Royce. You think brand. actually you can't say that now, can you? Because Rolls Royce, well, they don't. The Rolls Royce is split up. You've got Rolls Royce Motors, which is which is really not doing very well at the moment. And then you've got the the, the car division, which is owned by Veed. So actually, and they are not the best in the world. Well, it, Rolls Royce is no longer the Rolls Royce of uh, of vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. But I, I just think that. You know, with things like that, I mean, that's just taking a simple example where something was quite simple. You know, it was um, the, the the UK's leading, um, you know, uh, company in terms of quality and standards and all that kind of thing. But now it's been broken up and then it's, it's been split up uh, into different, owned by different, uh, in different countries. Um, I think that, yeah, I mean, that, that um, globalisation has increased. I think that... Um, uh, but now people are gradually becoming more, whereas before they just thought, yeah, globalisation, they're kind of aware of it. I think now it's becoming more and more 
uh, people are, are realising that it is eff- affecting them more directly. Thanks very much indeed, Peter, for coming in. For our listeners out there, be sure to check in for another edition of the Armchair Trader podcast. You can always check in with us on a daily basis on the website, which is www.thearmchairtrader.com.